Hello and welcome to the second first ever episode of the Respawning Podcast. We haven't quite settled on the name yet because we're too lazy, but we promise we will eventually. In this podcast, we're here to talk about and fanboy out all of the things that are nerdy. This week, I'm joined by the Pakistani prince, Salman, the seductive Spaniard, Javier, and the English idiot, Joe. And I'm your host, Luke. Now let's chat shit. Right, so let's kick off with... Should we just kick off with the basics of what we've been playing for the past week or so? I guess we can say like longer than a week if we need to, because it is the second, the e- the second ever episode one. Shall <laughs> <laughs> uh, I go first? Yeah, feel free. Sure. So I'm still playing Red Dead, um, and I'm still really, really enjoying it. But I'm like, I'm finding it slow, like a lot of people have. So I'm still on chapter four. It drags. Uh, it drags from about halfway, doesn't it? Yeah, like you kind of you get to the point where you've got money and you don't have to struggle anymore, and then it just kind of gets a bit, bo- not boring, but it's weird. It's one of those games that I could play forever, but also don't want to play all the time. Yeah, it's, I kind of felt like it, it wanted to be a, a Western simulator the whole way through. Until it didn't want to be that anymore, and you were rich and never had to worry about money, and you could buy all the guns and roam yeah. around, and still not have a fast travel system except for like the stupid map thing. Yeah, and the and the stagecoaches. Yeah. I, I have completely that... dropped it. I'll admit, I have it. completely dropped Red Dead Redemption Two. I got to I think around chapter three, and I just got bored of it. If I'm honest, there's there's a lot to do in the game, and there's a lot of variety, and there's a, you know the, the environments are beautiful, the hunting is amazing, but it's it. I don't know why it feels like it lacks that sort of core gameplay cycle that Red Dead One had in terms of like keeping you invested, keeping you interested, and keeping you going. So me and Salmon have kind of discussed yeah. it in length. That I I I'm of the opinion that it could have done with being a lot more gamey. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And a lot less not gamey. Uh, like, I yeah. don't want to stare at the backside of my horse for three hours to get to the next mission. <laughs> yeah. Just... Like, you know how in Red Dead 1, there was like the whole scene where, okay, you you want this one thing, this one achievement, right? Kill 12 deer, right? Killing 12 deer will probably take you like, what, 30 minutes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Red Dead, what, Red Dead 2, it's like, okay, you need to do this thing, you need to kill like one deer, but that'll also take you 30 minutes. Yeah. And because you feel like yeah. you're accomplishing a lot less. And yeah. don't freaking love that. I understand why people get really annoyed by it. Mm. It's like, just... I, I, love, I love the hunting in Red Dead 1 just basically for its simplicity. I mean, I love raking up loads of money, you know, killing loads of bears and cougars and stuff like that, and just taking those spores back to Blackwater or wherever and just cashing in that money. But in Red Dead 2... Because of the sake of realism and immersion and simulation, there's a lot of limitations based off of, well, how much can my horse carry? I can only carry maybe two snakes and a deer. I can't carry this many pelts. And then when you get back, it's like you've got to negotiate the rates and you're getting shit all money for your, you know, for your time basically. Yeah. And combine that with some of the extraordinary, um, extraordinary prices, especially early game for some of the weapons and items. It's just you don't feel like you're making a lot of progress quickly. That sort of and just that yeah. that that kind of flips when you get to a round where Javier is. It it mm. sort of just they kind of abandon because I get it. I liked the bit to be honest. I'm on the, the sort of the flip side of that, and yeah. I liked when they were making you work for the money so you could buy the guns and you were this struggling gang that had to sort of 
struggle yeah. to get by and get food, which is why you were like being a yeah. gang in the first place. You get to about yeah, yeah, where yeah. Javier is, and it's kind of like, right now here's ten thousand pounds for that mission. Yeah, here's the money. Like, but then like, but then after that point, I was just like, well, now I just wanted to do story. I can't really bother to do the open world anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Perfectly fine because at one point, like me and Luke and both agree that. There's a certain point where you're like, okay, no, fuck this, uh, story time, and then you rush through the entire game, and it's it's a blast, like going through the story. It is till the epilogues, which, without saying too much of a spoiler, they're fucking slow. Like they're drearily, <laughs> dreadfully slow. Oh, worse yeah. than the prologue. Yeah, yeah, way oh, worse geez. than the prologue. Jeez. And I can't. I won't say much about it. But... Imagine if the prologue was like two chapters. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Like it took me it took me about twelve hours to do just the epilogue because there's two chapters of it. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad I dropped it then. Yeah. I mean it's, it's a fantastic out. game and it's an absolute technical marvel of a game. Mm, definitely, um, definitely. It's just missing something that makes it gamey for me. It's just, yeah. yeah, I think it's just not enough of a video game. It, it, no. Yeah, definitely. It's, definitely. It's, it's that step that where we we've all wanted games to go where they're like hyper realistic, but it's mm. too much. And it is still really fun, like, like I said, like I, I will complete it. I will probably play it for hours and hours more. But when when I come to think about my oh, I'm gonna you know say I've got two hours free, I like I'm I'm going for bloody like Spyro the Dragon at the moment over Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That, I think sure, that it says be, a lot. I think it can be summed up simply as this: in trying to make games as immersive and realistic as possible. Have we gone too far? Oh yeah. Well, you get bogged down with all the stuff that makes real life boring. So. One of my favourite memories about the original Red Dead Redemption was literally I ran into town, tied someone up, threw them on a train track, and got an achievement for it. And mm. there's there's none of that in um, Redemption Two, really. There's some weird characters, yeah. and I remember there's some like grave digger that used to eat corpses in the first one. Yeah, Seth. I yeah, like you're not gonna get that kind of thing in Red Dead Redemption Two, which is fine. But though people like me that went into it hoping it would be a Western Grand Theft Auto again, yeah. and not a realistic yeah. Western. I've been left a bit disappointed, to be honest. So, like, yeah. if, you guys, if you guys have seen The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, I could say that Red Dead 1 is like that movie, yeah. or Red Dead 2 is more of, like, a serious Western, because Red Dead 1 has all these oddball, like, fucking freak show characters, while Red Dead 2 is like, now we got to tone it down a bit. Yeah. Which is all right, but, you know, I wish there was a lot more, like, crazy characters like Seth. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, you get, you get Dutch, well, who right? is who is without a doubt one of the best characters in video game history. Like, hmm. I absolutely a Dutch. I adore oh, yeah, cool. Dutch. Oh, Dutch is awesome. And his he's got I, a, I he's got a plan to get us rich. I just like I think I love Arthur as a main character. He's exactly who I want from what I want from a cowboy. I think he's yeah. really really cool. Like, if you want to be a badass, he kind of acknowledges it, and like you know, he says to people like you know, I'm not the sort of person you wanna you wanna trust and like ask to do a job. You know, like I'm not a nice guy, and I like I like playing that character. Like I I've played it with as much kind of uh, evil as possible, as it were. Yeah. Like dishonor, and I've enjoyed it. But yeah, it's definitely. Don't know. I didn't see like, a reason. I didn't because I didn't play much of it. But I didn't see much of a reason to play it dishonorably because when you play it honorably, it got to a point where people were buying me stuff in towns. Shop prices were going down, but I didn't see any perks. From the dishonorable side, like, I didn't get people fearing me, so they tried to like. Yeah, I don't really. That's what I don't get. Like, you kind of you can't put a morality system in and then not put perks for both sides. It's supposed yeah. to be like a toss up of either side, you know. 
Yeah. I, yeah. I saw I saw no desire to bother because there was nothing in it for me. I guess I was playing it too much of like what's in it for me rather than um, just playing it for fun and being a, a badass gangster. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess it raises a question as well is that with the transition between Red Dead 1 and Red Dead 2 obviously going from a less serious western to a more serious western do you think they'll do the same with Grand Theft Auto going from no. 5 to 6? No, nah, because they did as a parody, they or... did that from 4 to 5 didn't they? Kind they did of, it like a flip kind of. they kind of reversed it they brought out 4 yeah. which was super serious yeah. and everyone um, went nah fuck this this is shit uh, yeah. then they brought out 5 <laughs> and then we got Trevor yeah <laughs> Very true. Very true. <laughs> um, anyway, like, so I, I think it's funny how we've all got a very similar opinion. Mm. Um, and on the back of that, I've also this week tried the online, and, and I think me and Luke feel a bit differently about it. But I played it a lot less. But I really, enjoyed, I played it for about four hours, and I really, really liked it. I thought it's got the potential to have, like to be amazing. Um, so, the online. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's kind um, of like it's like the fun parts of of single player, but with two people. That's what I found. Yeah, yeah, I guess, but, like, I only played it for, like, the first couple of missions, and, like, I was so off-put by how ugly everything is in that character creator, that mm. I was just like, you know what, never mind. <laughs> yeah, like, no matter what, your character looks like an absolute, like, yokel. I think the main be difference better. between us is that I played the online on my own. I mean, oh, yeah. I, mm. put, I put a solid sort of eight hours into it in one sitting, and I base, I felt like I barely made any progress, and then kind of... I took the disc out and I uninstalled the game and Red Dead is upstairs in the cabinet where like the games go that I don't play anymore. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm done. Unless they give me Undead Nightmare 2, I'm done with Red Dead. Um, I just, I'm just at that point where I cannot be asked. So what have you been playing back to the... Oh. Sorry, hopping back to the <laughs> character creation topic anyway with Red Dead 2 turning you off, Salmon. Couldn't the same be said with GTA 5? I mean... There are some pretty ugly characters in the character creator for GTA Online. Yeah, but you got to remember, like Salmon doesn't like GTA 5 anyway. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Fair. So instead of Red Dead Redemption, I will. I have been absolutely sessioning Assassin's Creed Odyssey at the moment. Oh, yeah. And that is a lot more of a game. Like, I am, yeah. I am a badass. I'm a really angry, badass Greek man because they've turned it so you get... Um, you get sort of uh, conversation choices so you can say different things. You've got like a meter on how well your lie might be believed or disbelieved. It almost feels a bit like they've gone, oh, we like The Witcher. Let's put that into Assassin's Creed. Like yeah. all the side quests are really involved and they all open. I was doing a random side quest the other day. So you've got to track down these members of a cult that are out to get you and kill your entire family. Um so, because they think you've got like the lineage of a god, which, to be fair, my Alexios probably thinks the same thing, because um, <laughs> he's an overconfident, arrogant prick, and I love him. Um, but yeah, he's doing that, and he's hunting down this cult. And I was doing a random quest where I had to help some farmer, and I was like, "What the hell is this random quest?" Turns out this farmer was a member of that cult, so I was like, "Kill him! Kill him to death!" And like, I just did that, and I've been just roaming around Greece, sort of killing. Firing, hiring, perspiring, really. Just absolutely, <laughs> absolutely sessioning it. Like, it's one of those ones where it's it's about as big and with as much stuff to do as Red Dead, I think. 
Um, like I'm, I'm about 30 hours in and I feel like I've barely touched the storyline. I've only killed maybe one third of the total cult, cult members. It's got a Shadow of War style mercenary system where you can do crimes, mercenaries hunt you down. If you kill those mercenaries that are like higher rank than you, then you go up through the ranking system. So like in Shadow of War, you know, you could get like the orcs. Instead of that, they've taken away like the, the doing of the orcs and they've done it so that you're climbing through those ranks instead. Um, awesome. And when you're like, it, it comes out as well where you'll be sort of sneaking into a base and a mercenary will run up behind you and try and kill you because he wants to rank up through as well. So it's constantly oh, yeah. like evolving. So it's, it kind of makes you keep on your toes a little bit because you'll just see like a mercenary sprinting at you and you're like, oh, fuck's sake. This stealth so is the, out of the window. The missions aren't always like really straightforward like they, they have been in the past then. No, no, nah, not at all. You can you get a lot more like free reign of what you can do with it as well. Um, so you can kind of, you can just go, you literally can get a decent sword and just run in and parry everyone and kill everyone like in a base um, if you want to. Or you can sneak in and assassinate everyone and do it quietly. And they probably both take about the same amount of time to actually do. So that's cool. There's it's to, it's not like lent balanced one way. Um, to you, if you start to just run in and kill everyone, you're not going to get through the game any quicker than if you sneak around the base, like just stabbing people, because that'll be like the one hit, um, sort of one hit KO sort of thing as well. Um, and it's got it's got the shit gameplay of Black Flag in it. And I'm I'm just I'm proper fanboy. <laughs> I'm a huge Assassin's Creed fanboy as is. Um, but this is this is the series highlight for me. This is absolute peak Assassin's Creed. So, would you say that Odyssey is a decent place for a absolute series beginner like myself to try and get into the franchise? I would say Origins is a good place to start, just because okay. um, it starts a new like future story in Origins. So it basically mm. like disregards anything that came before it in the terms of the future setting, and starts with a new character on that. Um, and they kind of tie into each other so you can sort of like Bayek on Origins is supposed to be the sort of like the, the father of the Assassin's um, the Assassin's Creed as we'd like to know it but this then tells a story of, of like how across the other side of the world in ancient Greece these guys were being assassins like 500 years before Bayek had even known about them oh, and it kind of like leans into that really nicely and the best like thing you can do yeah Best thing you can do is you can, you know, um, the kick from 300. Mm. You can Spartan kick people off of cliffs, and I, <laughs> I shit you not, I just get, I just get people to follow me up to cliffs, and then I'm like, this is Sparta! I just boot them off cliffs, and they always die. Um, so enough. yeah, I've basically been absolutely sessioning that. Um, Joe, what have you been up to? What have you been playing? Me? I've been tied between two games recently, so um, just before that I've actually just gotten a PSVR unit as well um, from my partner Clarice, who got it for me as an early uh, Christmas present, and I've been lo loving the ever-loving hell out of that, um, I'm going to be doing a little review on that uh, soon, but in terms of games that I've been playing, two main games, so I've been playing Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, getting really stuck into that, um, just being sort of going through the world of... Uh, sorry? I can't wait to play that. It's literally oh, eight, eight days and I've got it in my hands. Uh, it is <laughs> definitely worth the wait. And I mean, the last Smash game I played was the one on the Wii U. And I've gotten completely rusty yeah. since then. And I feel that the world of light, despite its flaws and repetitive nature, 
it's really been a really good training tool to get so back i don't really know mechanics. much about it what's the world of light so the world of light is the single player element on bros ultimate so what it is is it's a uh, a very light story mode where you traverse over a sort of overworld map um with designated pathways and you uh, unlock characters from various franchises that Nintendo have picked up or collaborated with in the past. Um, so some notable examples are things like Metal Gear. Um, you can get these spirits, as they're called, which are basically like passive buffs that uh, change what items you hold, what stats you have, etc. Um, so with Metal Gear, you can get Snake as a main fighter. You can get, um, I think it's Grey Fox as well as a spirit. You can get the uh, the actual Metal Gears themselves as spirits. And there's lots of like little references. Sorry, yeah, Sam? You can fucking get the boss as a spirit. Really? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can. And it's they're like, really they're like um, personas for the, I guess, kind uninitiated. Of. Kind right. of, yeah. They give like stat boosts and stuff, I believe. Right, cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like Castlevania as well. I mean, I've, I've really been surprised by the amount of Castlevania content that's been in Smash Ultimate. Even really? from just Simon and Richter. I mean, they have one stage, but there's like over 30 soundtrack uh, entries on the OST and there's around about I think about 30 individual spirits from across the franchise Christ. including some really like not known games from Castlevania's history which have really been impressing me yeah. so um, yeah I think there's like 1,300-ish spirits in the game to collect and it's out. absolutely ridiculous but it's very much worthwhile definitely. so in, if you don't unlock a character in the story mode mm -hmm. does that mean you don't have that character online? Um, basically, it sort of works two ways. So, if you unlock a character, so a fighter, in uh, World of Light, then you can use them in sort of Smash and online, that sort of thing. Right. Um, you don't have to at all play World of Light to unlock every single character. You can do all the other modes and just gradually gain characters, basically, by challenging them. Okay. Um, it's the exact same thing, exact same fights, exact same difficulties, just it's a different way of doing it, basically. Because that's a pretty, like, retro yeah. way, old-school way of, like, unlocking... I've I've got this in the late the part of the podcast, but it's most might as well bring it up now. But I mm. guess that's kind of a retro way of unlocking characters. Like the old Tekkens used to do that, like Tekken three and yeah, four backwards, yeah. didn't they? And um, mm. but obviously with with the like the advent of the online sort of competitive sphere, it's it's the question of where because I've seen a lot of things, uh, other sort of game critics saying that that's quite a bad thing, but actual people have gone no we love it like if you want to unlock a certain mm. character you can just do it and push forward you don't need to be sort of spoon fed all the characters handed to you on a plate straight away you can kind of go in and unlock them before you go into online yeah yeah i mean i have quite mixed opinions on it if i'm honest i mean whilst i appreciate the whole challenger approaching format of smash ultimate i do think if they had some way of sort of having a big unlock list and saying right you've qualified yourself for one unlock token to try your hand at trying to get a fighter yeah pick one from this whole list and you can go for whatever that way people can go for their mains they can go for new characters they want and just sort of mess around or if someone wants they can just go randomly basically see i've got a massive um, soft spot for the idea of um like you have to to get certain characters you've got to jump through some hoops like one of my mm. favorite things i've said this before um to salmon like one of my favorite things ever was unlocking Gone in Tekken. Yeah. And the amount of like hoops I had to jump through to do that. And if they did that to me again, and they were like, oh yeah, there's all these extra Easter egg characters, but you've got to jump through X amount of hoops to do it. I'd love yeah. it because like with Tekken 7, I was given all the characters straight out of the box. I've not 
touch the single player because I've got no need to. There's no need for me mm. to go like into the single player and try out all these different characters to actually go through it. And I kind of feel like if you push forward and you're able to go, here's a list of characters. You get one chance, you can try and unlock one of these characters. People would uh, like unlock their main characters and then they wouldn't bother, a lot of people just wouldn't bother unlocking or trying other people out. And um, a good thing the other day I noticed was Joseph. He's been fanboying over certain characters in Smash Brothers, but then he had mm. to play as like King, he had to play as King K. Rule to do something. And now that's his favorite character in Smash. Mm. Yeah. So it kind of like it leans into that idea of sort of trying out these new characters. Like I'm not going to ever try anyone apart from Jin Kazama on Tekken because I don't have to. I will. I'd rather just play the one character and perfect him than try to do these other characters. If there's no perk, no reason for me to do it. Mm, that makes sense, definitely. Definitely, and I feel that there is room for Smash to have been able to do that, especially with the arcade modes. I mean, the arcade modes been one point that people have really liked in smash ultimate just because of how i wouldn't say unique but how referential they are yeah um, so for example uh maybe simon or richter's arcade modes when you eventually unlock reference a lot of bosses in castlevania um mm. and it's sort of it's it's nice to see that sort of represented with the difficulty as well it's just a shame that they didn't really tie it into anything yeah so it's like they all have a big bad boss at the end which is really difficult to beat but you get nothing for beating them so it's just a bit like uh, it's a bit of a self i guess you just get like bragging rights yeah <laughs> but i can get it's wolf i can get like wolf right like not f as in like the not fox mcleod wolf oh yeah <laughs> yeah i don't care then as long as i can get wolf but this is what i mean like, if i was able to just go through a list and go oh yeah i can get wolf i'd just go get wolf and then not play anymore <laughs> yeah and so, I, I like. I think it's like really old. I like the. Old, it's, it's so old school. That, that like you know, talk about Gone, yeah. Tekken Three, and I love that. And it, it also gives casual players like more reason to keep playing it. Like if I was to get a, a Switch, I would pick up Smash Bros. I haven't played one since GameCube, but I would. Lo I love the fact that I could just like play. It, have a lot of reason to keep going back and yeah. unlock new characters. Not because I haven't got a main. You know, I don't. You know, yeah, I yeah. don't have one. So it would give me me a casual player a lot of reason to keep playing it. Yeah, definitely. I get, I get the impression um, that when I have got it next week, it's going to be really difficult to get you out of my house. <laughs> yeah, that was that and Pokemon next time. I'm, I'm never going to leave. Yeah, you're just going to start. You're just going to move into my house. Uh, oh, brilliant. So I forgot which game did this. No, wait. Um, it, yeah. Okay, wait. It was uh, MKX. I don't know. Oh yeah. I don't know like specifically what it did but they had like some uh thing where you could unlock all the content from the crypt yeah for, like, yeah just a small like payment for the, um, the, for the coins with a k yeah yeah coins with yeah. a k yeah. Yeah. coins i think they i think they could do that for um smash or any other fighting game it was only if it was like a really small payment because like ten dollars for stuff from the crypt is like okay geez that's mm. still a bit much but all the characters are still unlocked except for like um the villain. I forget his name because no one likes him. Um, no, 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 the other one, the the white wizard man. Shang Tsung. Oh, I know. Um, oh, flip. Uh, damn it, that's gonna annoy me. Hang on, yeah. I'll, carry on. I'll Google it. Yeah, Google it. But yeah, yeah, like he was the only one that you could unlock from beating the story, and I still had a lot of fun going through the story just to get him. Yeah. Even though I didn't really like him as a character that much. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. I think unlocking characters is still something that needs to be done, like because mm. otherwise, Shinnok. Yeah, Shinnok. Oh. There we go. <laughs> so, but I think as long as it's not paid DLC, I'm happy. How you know, as long as it's through gameplay, yeah. that makes me happy. It just fucking bugs me when it's like, oh, your favorite character in this game, but you've got to pay another fifteen quid for him. Or he's like, <laughs> fuck off. What? You know, I, I hate it. Joker from Persona. <laughs> yeah. Have you got to pay for it? Yes, you do. Oh, no. Oh, yes. I'm so sorry. That's so- As are three more characters that are yet to be unveiled. And then there might be another battle pass. Do you know if they're doing a season pass? They have, yes. There is a fighter's pass that you can purchase for Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, I'll probably just it does grant you access to every single fighter's pack that they're releasing, uh, one through four, I believe. So, so yeah. what's, what are we betting for the next, like, Four characters, then. Does anyone have any bets on what those characters might be? Doom Sorry. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Not Doom Guy, no. <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon Alucard, maybe. Mm, maybe, he's an assist trophy. So yeah. Like or Trevor. Trevor is a good show. Because the anime, the anime is, like, all over the... is, like, everywhere at the moment. That's true. Um, I'd like Squall. Because hmm. they've got Definitely. they've got cloud, but I feel like Squall with his fucking gunblade would be aces. Yeah, there's two characters from Castlevania instantaneously in, and there's one still from Final Fantasy. So it's it, yeah. it a bit of representation. It's gonna be Sora, like yeah, they're not gonna be another Final Fantasy character. I feel. Definitely, I think Sora would open up a lot of possibilities to enter more Final Fantasy characters as assist trophies. Um, yeah, because they're basically none essentially in Smash Bros. Um, yeah. If I mean, Sora's in it, I, I'm gonna have to literally go and buy it like tomorrow. Like, yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> Harry just like Harry just walks home with a switch. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Hannah. It appears to have fallen to my bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Seriously, for the other um, I don't quite know. I, I, part of me wants to say Toad just because of Toad representation's sake. Mm. Um, but isn't he an assist I, trophy? Uh, true. I think he is an assist trophy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what about like all the ones that everyone's going on about missing, like Waluigi? Oh, fucking Waluigi. Bowser. Uh, Bowser, I, no. I, I, was so, I was so on that Waluigi like until it got to the point where like fucking like Joker got announced and people are still pissed off that Waluigi isn't announced. I'm like, fuck yeah. off. Yeah. I'm gaming history right now and you're still crying over like a joke character. Yeah. If the whole thing with Kojima didn't happen, then I would probably be inclined to say Raiden might have a good shot. Mm. Rex might have a good shot, yeah. But Konami. <laughs> yeah. I reckon, um, so I've been reading a few rumours recently, and mm-hmm. five of the main rumours that I've read that I reckon are actual shoe-ins almost, <clears throat> but could be like just absolute dog shit choices. But <laughs> Paper Mario... Because okay. Nintendo just are constantly harping on about Paper Mario. Um, people don't, people haven't liked it for years, but they still keep trying to put them out and get mm. pe- new people into it. Skull Kid from Majora's Mask, or if not Skull Kid, then Linkle from Hyrule Warriors, as in like Girl Link from Possibly. Hyrule Warriors, because that Possibly could be that could play. just be like a, a mirror one. An echo, yeah. Yeah. Now. Here's the other one, since, and I'm only suggesting this one now because they obviously ported it over to the Switch, but Crash Bandicoot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good shout. And Banjo-Kazooie. Maybe. 
Those are, those are some characters I'd quite like to see, I think. So I think the characters that would get, like, at least for me, the char- the two characters there would be Sans. Yep. From <laughs> just because Undertale is so popular in Japan. And yeah. just like, uh, oh, I believe Toby Fox, like, went to, like, Japan to meet a bunch of developers and stuff like that, and including Nintendo. That's true. Um, Doomguy, just because he's had such a long history with Nintendo. And it would just be the best ever. It would be and so hard. But the third one just left my brain, so you're gonna have to wake me up. I um, <laughs> it would be good. I I think that I'd like those as well. I'm just my. I was kind of on the the high horse the other day, as it were, telling Joe that no one from any game that's rated 18 plus will ever be in Smash Brothers. And then I was so foolishly proven wrong when Will just pipes up and goes, what about Bayonetta? And I was like, shut up, Will! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, shut up, go away! Yeah, it is mature, to be fair, but it shouldn't be because it's, like, weak source. Oh, I I remember the other character, uh, Travis from No More Heroes. I could see that. Uh, Oh, yeah, that would work. Yeah, the new game. Oh, that yeah. would tie into the like the new game, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be quite cool. So yeah, anyway, Joe's playing Smash Brothers. Simon, what are you playing to try and get it <laughs> back on track a bit? Um, I have been playing nothing but Devil May Cry Four and Fortnite. You're still on those two games. Still playing yep. Fortnite. Yeah, I still play Fortnite. Season seven, baby. How is it? It's pretty good, actually. Uh, so there's, like, some new updates happening. There's, like, some... Like, you know how there was Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet and yeah, stuff like yeah. that? There's, like, some, like, Lich King-type sword in the middle of the map, and one player can get it, and it's super busted. Uh, haven't gotten that yet, but looking forward to... Uh, <laughs> other than that, um, it's Fortnite. There's some new stuff. There's always UI changes every season. Yeah. Um, For better and, or worse. Uh, yeah, now you have, like, uh, weapon skins and, and stuff like that, which is pretty nice. And I think there's a couple more weapons, but whatever. One thing, though, is, like, the best addition to that entire season is now there's, like, a there's an airplane vehicle that you can drive. And half the time, I'm, like, dogfighting with people throughout the entire match, and it's the best. Huh. But, oh, that's pretty yeah, cool. That, yeah, cool. that stuff's really fun. Um, other than that, yeah, Fortnite's Fortnite. I'm still gonna be playing that. Um, Devil May Cry 4. Dude, I don't know. I can't stop playing that game. I'm just so hyped. <laughs> you, you've always loved. You've always loved it, though, haven't you? I mean, it's one of yeah. my favorite games of all time, so I can understand why. Is that yeah. Devil, the one that's just called Devil May Cry? Nah. That's the bad one. That's the no, like that's that that's the best one. To be fair. Yeah. We're not we're not getting into this because we haven't got four hours to get into this. Sam, <laughs> um, well, just out of interest, have you spent a lot of money on Fortnite? No, I uh, so my um, my friend spotted me like ten bucks. Everyone spotted me these days, like shit. He spotted me like ten bucks um, uh, to like get something uh, like a DLC or something. I forget. So I had like like a couple bucks left, and I bought like V bucks, like. Two dollars worth of V bucks, which is like maybe like All right. 500. The rest of the stuff I earned, and I got a battle pass. And then uh, through the battle pass from season six, 
I earned enough to earn to buy another one. So now if I just keep at it, like I don't have to pay. Ah, uh, so you just don't really have to yeah. pay anything to it then. Yeah. That's pretty good. Shop skins, which all they're pretty good, but like they're too expensive. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, no, I, I, I've never had the money to like actually pay for skins like that. Because I just don't yeah. care. I don't want to either. So I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's that you pass that point. And I think we both, we both learned our lesson from Simpsons tapped out that we don't want to spend. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that. <laughs> but I've been, I've, I've been spending, I've spent a little bit of money on Pokemon Go, which is really heartbreaking uh, now that I'm bored of it as well. I'm like, God damn yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think, when I run out of Pokeballs or whatever, and I'm like, oh, and I'm sat at home, there's Pokemon around me. I'm like, okay. I've not, I've not, I've managed to avoid it so far. I haven't, and the worst part is 79p for like 20 Pokeballs. You think that's quite a good deal, but Pokeballs don't get you very far. <laughs> no, like, they do not. like 20 Pokeballs, standard fair Pokeballs, did not get you very far at all. <laughs> Were you like, that could have been a chocolate bar? Oh, it could have been. It could, like, I did it, I did it three times in one day, and I was like, that's the Subway meal deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, god damn. Um, um, yeah. Right, so that's what we've been playing. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's half the podcast. That's half the podcast. Um, Luckily, we got, we got into the main, I, one of my main topics of unlocking Smash characters. So yeah, there's yeah, that bit. That was, that was a good tangent. Yeah. Um, so who, Luke, you're, I think you're the only one who's actually played Fallout 76 out of all of us. Obviously, it's been everywhere. It's yeah, been all over YouTube. Um, you know, even in the bloody news. So, what the hell's happened? <laughs> it's it's a garbage fire. Like from start <laughs> to finish, it's an absolute garbage fire. Like, what when you think of Fallout games, the main thing you think about is um, is like story driven, eccentric characters, like world building with these characters unlocking new like finding new towns and new areas like one of my favorite bits in video game history is i was randomly walking across fallout 3 and i came across a load of cannibals that were just wanted to eat my face and coming across that sort of character that's what i think about fallout and i don't understand what bethesda were thinking when they went right here's a fallout game there's no characters there's only one area you can go in and it hasn't got any characters in and not only that is you might be thinking that There'll be loads of people online that you can um, you can talk to and build the world that way. Well, you can have forty in this in this like massive open world. And it's like, oh my god, seriously, Bethesda, like. And does forty feel really empty in, considering the size of the map? I've been in full size, like full to the brim servers, and I've only come across people two or three times sometimes. <laughs> like, it's just oh, it doesn't work. Yeah. I think the thing as well that gets me is the initial part of your sort of reception with fallout 76 i remember it quite clearly we set up a whole facebook messenger chat dedicated to hyping this game up being really excited to it and then we got well luke you luke you got your hands on the game you were really excited really enjoying it in fact and trying to sell us sell it to us guys i bought a tricentennial edition yeah and then suddenly one day it went it just went completely and that enthusiasm just died yeah (laughs) it's It, I've, I've likened it to Conan Exiles before, where mm. me and Javier were full on hype. We were going to play nothing but Conan for like mm. three weeks. We were we were really into it. We were googling like how to do these these builds and how to build this stuff. And then we played it for about 
we played it a lot in one day. I think I played it yeah. for about 20 hours in one session. <laughs> and then I was, was like, yeah, it was a really good fun day. But once the game, I turned the game off, I was like, huh, I literally have no desire to ever play this again. And yeah. <laughs> it's the same with Fallout. Like, I was just, I was really, I was trying to get everyone to buy it. So I thought maybe this game will be better if there's people online. Yeah, it turns out it's just, it's just a garbage the buyer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Bethesda can't do multiplayer. Especially amid modern controversies as well, especially with uh, the recent supposed rumour that there might be loot box assets hidden within the yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you so see the... You, um... That's when the game isn't bad enough. It gets worse. <laughs> Did you see about the fucking bags as well? So the canvas bags, they basically were like, if you pre-order the extra special edition, you'll get this cool Fallout 76 like canvas bag. Everyone was like, oh, that's really good. But it turns out that you actually get, um, you just get like this really crap. Um, the nylon bag. Like the it? nylon like bag. swimming bag. So someone had put like their lunchbox in and it ripped and things like yeah. that. And the festival were like, in true South Park style, were like, we're sorry. And yeah. basically just like, <laughs> they handed out what are essentially the loot boxes that Joe was mentioning. Of like, but they handed out like two dollars worth of loot boxes to everyone who was disappointed with the canvas bag, and everyone just went sort of like face palm, thinking, "What, Bethesda? What are you thinking? You were like for eight for years, you were top of your game, and no one could say enough nice nice things about you. Now, no one can say a nice thing about you. It's it's bad. And I mean, I me me and Clarice, we had the Power Arm Edition pre-ordered fully. And we were ready to pay right before. I think it was, um, I think it was about three or four days before release. Just waiting for it, and then something in our heads just went. Actually, we should probably cancel it. This is going to be a bad game. I, I don't yeah. feel like it's going to be good enough considering all the stuff in the beta. So we cancelled it, and then as soon as it came out, all this crap about the, ni- the, the nylon bags and the, the, the whole base and switch for the canvas bags and Bethesda's handling, and all of the bad bugs and patches. I mean. Yesterday, I think it was, they released a broken ultra-wide patch for PC, and it's yeah. just like, oh my god, it's one thing after another. It's a snowball effect of mediocrity and pure, just, crap. I remember the first uh, I remember the first thing that I heard about it was, okay, somebody broke the server by launching two nukes. Yeah, three, yeah, nukes, three nukes, three nukes. Three nukes. And then I heard that, okay, getting nukes is piss easy because you can hack the game on PC, because everything that's happening in that game is in a text file. Yeah. So you can take people out of the server. Like, anyone can do that. And you can ban people from servers and do all this shit. Then I heard about this one guy. Who, is this, who is this the Fallout God? Yeah, the Fallout God. He <laughs> cannot die. And like, he's legitimately sad because he just cannot die. And he's like, he, just, he just keeps tweeting at Bethesda like, please kill me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really want to die. This game is not fun anymore. And like, he's just been like, sort of walking into areas on the map, which I guess might be like hidden for DLC or whatever, but they're supposed to be like, if you walk into this area, then it's like an instant death. And he's just been walking around and like taking photos of himself <laughs> in it. Like, he's just, like, there's just photos of him doing like selfies in the area where you're supposed to do like instant die because the game glitched out that his character is constantly on like minus one health. So he can never oh. get to zero health. So his character can't hit that like dead zero and die. Because the game will only <laughs> kick it in if he's got dead zero. 
I guess someone did enough damage that it went to like minus one, and it was like oh, shit. And they won't they won't kill him. Oh, they might have done now, but they wouldn't kill him. Yeah. There's also that one thing about like there was no push to talk. I remember there was. Um, so if you guys know about the YouTube channel Crobcat. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a channel similar to it that did a video about Fallout 76, calling it a AAA sixty dollar experience. And one of the creepiest things I saw on it was this guy was like. Oh, okay, guys, end of the stream. I, I like that guy I was playing with. I'm going to send him a friend request. I hope he gets it. And yeah. he thought his microphone was off and everything. And the guy responds, yeah, I got it. And he's like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And he's like, there's no push to talk, huh? And there's no push to talk. Uh, so they, they announced it in an update today, and they announced it like they were doing this big, nice thing for everyone. And everyone was like, that should have been in the game from the beginning. Like, what are you thinking? This this should have been real basic stuff. And I've played, I, I mean, I've played it on PS4, and luckily I can just mute my microphone if I want to. Um, I didn't at all times. Sometimes I just kind of um, forgot to mute it, and I was just walking around going, country roads! <laughs> and, like... I'm trying to like sneak up on people thinking my mic was muted, just get like singing country roads as I walk up behind them. Like the creepiest fucking um, Jason Voorhees, just like who just sings country roads at you as he comes to murder you. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you guys see that apparently the, the sense of Deadpool is terrible? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm kind of, um, God. The Merc with a mouth being censored i mean whose <laughs> whose fucking idea was that why did anyone think it was going to work to put someone who only works as an 18 plus character in a bloody disney film yeah i mean i do wonder if it's part of the whole disney thing i don't know if it is um i'm glad it didn't work i'm, I'm really really happy because yeah. it was a cash grab where they're just recutting the film re-releasing it in the cinema but recutting it in a shit way yeah so <laughs> One or the the just they just censored everything and so the that's all the Christmas one is it's just a censored version of Deadpool two yeah oh okay um, bullshit, yeah so they've tried to act like it's a new film and people have gone to see it and it, they've gone that's just all you've done is censored Deadpool two and you've made the merc without a mouth not have a mouth basically I I, I can kind of respect that because they're like okay no Deadpool two isn't gonna make any more money soon. Let's censor it so it's PG thirteen and kids can watch it and then make our last couple of bucks and run. Yeah, I can I can get it. I could understand if it was like if they did it with Venom, for example, if they removed some of the blood, they stopped Venom dropping the F bomb and they kind of released it again as a like a P a twelve, I could understand that. Deadpool's whole reason for being is to be a foul mouthed, horrible, hypocrite like mercenary. And it, he shouldn't have been censored. It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, mm, I love money. I like money. Yeah, it's yeah. just not right. Yeah. yeah. It's shitty, isn't it? Oh, but well. uh, if, you, if you like money, 
then you probably really like Into the Spider. That's the shittest like connection I've ever got. <laughs> like I couldn't think of I couldn't think of anything else to get to the next little bit on my sheet. Like, oh, <laughs> have you ever heard of Money Spider? Uh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I could have gone for Money Spider as well. If you like money, you might like Into the Spider Verse. Basically, <laughs> it's 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 incredible. I've added this in just because I wanted to say how amazing that film is. Like. It is everything I could ever want from a Spider-Man film. The animation all looks like it was drawn from a comic book. So there's even bits where he's thinking something and like a speech bubble appears above his head and he's oh. trying to like shoo it away and like, he's like go away. It's like, it's like self-aware as well then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like, it knows what it wants. Is it really by Sony? Sony Pictures Animation? Yeah, yeah, Sony Pictures Animation oh, did it. do amazing work. I'm not surprised that it looks that way. Oh yeah, like those guys are really good. It's it's funny because Sony Pictures can't make a movie. Sony Pictures yeah. animation just pump out like top notch stuff. Yeah, some of the highest quality animation you'll ever see. Yeah. But it's just Yeah, it's wow. I I I absolutely adore it. And I need to watch that. I need to see it. I it's really, the, really need to see it. It's the best Spider Man film and if anyone wants to go see it again, I'll happily go and see it. Because it's too good. Right, I've gushed. I've gushed a bit about Spider Verse and Deadpool now. It's time. It's time to let Joe have his little gush or not, oh, yeah. as it may be. But you've actually played Kingdom Hearts three. I have. Yes, I've actually got my hands on the real deal. Um, not the full game, obviously. I played the demo that was. Uh, well, showed off to a lot of YouTubers uh, earlier on in the year, um, over at EGX, actually, earlier on in the year. Um, and I have to say, it's it's gotten me pretty damn hyped. I was very concerned um, going into it, sort of seeing all the pre-release material and hearing all the opinions from YouTubers and stuff, sort of seeing that this game has gone through such a big graphical change from sort of the very putty-ish days of 0.2 through to absolutely beautiful models in kingdom hearts 3 at the moment yeah um the combat what well, in the demo even though this was quite a few months ago still did feel quite a bit floaty but it it still feels like kingdom hearts basically. does it feel like 0.2 because obviously that felt quite floaty it, yeah it it feels like 0.2 and perhaps two and a bit of birth by sleep had a baby basically yeah okay it is very much the culmination of every mechanic and every single thing they've sort of worked on, tried to make it less of a jack of all trades and a master of none to a master of all trades. And mm. yeah, it's, it, it sort of works. It sort of doesn't in its own weird little microcosm. Right. Um, speaking more about recent things with Kingdom Hearts 3, though, the new opening recently got unveiled featuring Utada Hikaru and Skrillex, which was um, controversial to say that the least um, i've done a 180 myself. on it i've watched it like four times and i fucking <laughs> yeah. love it now i've done a complete 180 i'm in a similar camp i love the first half of it then the skillet uh, skrillex beat drops and i just hate it i just go off of it completely after that whole drop i That's don't so know why weird. like i yes. remember when i was younger um you know people used to put like um videos of like uh, advent children to like Know, some of your favorite songs like, yeah Park. <laughs> yeah exactly and it was like oh this is really cool it's like that but it's the original video 
me. Yeah, it makes, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the animation and everything in it is absolutely wonderful. And there's a couple of theories here and there that have, you know, sprung up about Xehanort and everything, about how the final battle will take place finally. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely a bit of a goldmine for us fans who have waited so long for this core entry in the series and just to sort of see that last conclusion in this sort of I feel like mini it, it could be it could be a 10 out of 10 game but mm. it's never going to live up to the hype we've built for it no oh, I okay. mean for, for example I'm expecting 13 final bosses that's not going to happen yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. not going to happen I would think, if it would happen. Um, do you think the break's going to damage it? Like, I'm hyped, and I've, I've gone back and replayed one and two, and played Birth by Sleep for the first time this year to get myself hyped for it more. Yeah. And obviously, so and, and us, all of us lot at Responding who are into Kingdom Hearts as a whole are pretty hyped for it. But mm-hmm. obviously, we live and breathe games, and we talk about it every day. Do you think people who aren't aware um, won't just pick it up just because it looks like a Disney game now? Yeah, no. it's, it's, it's going to be a weird one. I know Disney are promoting the hell out of it, and they're really getting into it. I mean, the problem yeah. is all of the side games and the iterative nature of the series. I mean, there's over nine games to go back on, including Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key, which, don't worry, we'll speak about in a minute. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's it's a rabbit hole and a half to try and go into, and I feel there's going to be a lot of sort of... Um, casual gaming press people like the guardian the mirror stuff like that that will go into kingdom hearts 3 thinking this is going to be an amazing disney hack and slash game and come out thinking what the fuck did i just play well like the um for example like going into the casual market side of things if you go to disney world from tomorrow and disneyland paris they've got whole areas of the shopping center dedicated to Kingdom Hearts demos, so people that are just oh, going wow. to Disney, Disney World and Disneyland Paris can now pick it up and just do that. Mm. Um, yeah. Javier, one for you. Um, Christmas Day yeah. is, the king, is the release of the Kingdom Hearts VR experience. Oh, um, that would be good. So, that, so uh, yeah, Joe as well, you're on VR now. Yeah, um, I'm on VR now, so... So what you get is... So this will be really helpful for Javier more than Joe, I think. Mm. is that it's a free download from Christmas Day. Um, and what it does is you can kind of like move around a little bit, blah, blah, blah. But essentially, it's a look, an immersive look back. It's like some of the really memorable moments in the series. So you oh, can yeah. get like an, um, you could basically get an, a chance to go through any of the games you missed. So for you, for example, yeah. like Dream Drop Distance and 0.2, yeah. you can just watch like the VR stuff about it as well. Um, and I think I might be wrong, um, but there are sections of the game where you can you can have the Keyblade in hand and play key, like VR that way around. So I think you can do like a, a, a VR Keyblade experience. Well, that's pretty good. I, yeah, my I'm basically my family about have Dennis ready, but I'm in another world. Yeah, <laughs> just lost. Um, I, so I was going to do all of them this year for whatever reason. I think partly because I was like doing other things, playing other games, but it took me a whole year just to do like one and two. And um, I got birthed by sleeping it like a couple of months ago. And then I was like, I'm not really prepared for a couple of games that are considered to be average when I can play playing stuff like Spider Man and Red Dead and etc. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I was like, I haven't got another 
you know, alongside these big games, I haven't got another 100 hours to spare. So yeah. I'd want to watch, like, a load of catch-up videos, which, uh, you know, is fine, but I know that, like, the diehards are like, what, what are you doing? I, just I think that Dream Drop it. Distance is best experienced in a catch-up video. Yeah, definitely, I would agree. It's a good-ish game, and it's got some fun boss fights, some fun plot elements. But it's nothing you can't grasp when you're watching the cutscenes. It's kind of boring as well. 0.2, I yeah, think, as well. Like, though. It drags yeah, off. Like, dream, dream Drop Distance is the only one I've really missed, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, main game. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, because as long as you've played, like, 1, 2, and Birth by Sleep, you'll get the idea. Um, Pretty much. Certain elements <laughs> of, like, of free... I mean, no one's really going to get the idea. But like certain elements of like three five eight over two days are gonna be quite key, I think. Let's see what you did there. Hey, uh, I was I was like <laughs> nobody's laughing. Shit, I've I've, terms... missed, I've missed it. I've misdirected this joke. It's not worth. <laughs> In terms of the essentials, though, I think the one thing that Namura has done, which is probably the biggest mistake, is tying Union Cross into what of Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah. A lot of videos to catch up on. There are hundreds and hundreds of hours of content to just watch. So what's you? I actually don't know what that is. That's the so, mobile game. Oh yeah. right, yeah. Why it do is, they? Feel, why? Why do they feel that they have to tie everything into? It's weird. It's Nomura's expanded universe. Basically, he's kind of like using it as a platform to um, just bake like. Go into Disney as much as he wants to, as much as he can. <clears throat> yeah, um, it, it's weird as well because it explains so many little plot threads and plot holes as well that happen between the games. I mean, for instance, Kingdom Hearts One, Maleficent gets destroyed. Kingdom Hearts Two, she's back. What happened in that time between there? UX explains it. What happened with the uh, the original Keyblade wielders, the first Keyblade War? UX explains it. What happened with Xehanort and Ericus? UX will probably explain it. And it's it's annoying because we've seen in trailers. These little creatures, the Chirithes, that are referenced so much and so key to UX are going to be a part of Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. They're going to interact with Sora and be a part of the main plot. And that just confuses the hell out of me because it, it just doesn't feel like this much content in this sort of application. It just it just doesn't translate well into a, a sort of sit-down console game no. where fans and you know hardcore fans and casual fans alike have been told, oh, just watch the movie that comes with the collection and you'll be fine. No, you will not be fine. You need to play the mobile game to catch up. Yeah, like the back cover story on its own, it gives you about an hour. It's an hour on 2.8? I think it's an hour and a half. And it doesn't really explain very much. No. You it do? just tells you about the foretellers and the Chirithis. Yeah. It. So I'm of the opinion where I've just given up on figuring out the parts lore and I play three and have fun and then leave it because... I love Kingdom Hearts so much. Kingdom Hearts 2 is one of my favorite games of all time, but at this point, like, more I drop the ball with that story, man. I can't yeah. Remember. I feel like me and Joe have kind of through diving to the law, though, have sort of ruined the experience for ourselves. Mm, I awesome. agree. Do you think that you have to know all of it? No. Uh, no, I don't think it's so. It's not like, you know, I I'm, I'm for, like, for example, when you're reading a comic book series, and they always have like 400 tie-in, but you don't need to read all those additional comics. Like, um, you know, for example, it's... Batman's got a run. You don't need to go read Batwoman because she's in mm. like one, one. Scene. Yeah. 
Is it like that? It's similar. So there are aspects of UX that do need to be understood to perhaps fully understand Kingdom Hearts 3's story. Things like the black box, which uh, Maleficent and Pete are searching for, um, the Book of Prophecies that's referenced and recoded and expanded on further in UX, uh, things like the Foretellers, the Master of Masters, Chirithes. It's all of the base concepts, really, that you need to really understand, not any of the finer details. It's more so the finer details fix a lot of the plot threads and uh, sort of satiate your curiosity, so to speak, yeah. with, you know, sort of what happened to this character at this point sort of situations or what happened with uh, this sort of thing. And also, if you just want to see some really balls to the wall stuff like, oh, why is Ventus like a thousand years in the past? I don't understand. I don't get it. Nomura, please help me. Yeah. <laughs> Problem is as well is I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm going to miss out on that experiencing i'm not gonna get i'm not gonna be in kingdom hearts 3 from release day so i'm gonna kind of have to go a bit dark on social medias for it because yeah, i'm not gonna touch kingdom hearts at all because of I'm Resident going I'm yeah exactly literally literally four days out before that is the resin 2 remake and that is way higher on my list of games i'm hyped for than than kingdom hearts and i only because and I think it's partly due, just just because I didn't think it would ever happen. I never thought we'd actually get the Resident Evil 2 remake. And yeah. from what I've seen, I never thought we'd get a Resident Evil 2 remake that's this high quality. Like, yeah, this it's nuts. It looks so good. Like they've not just done the the sort of like the original storyline, but they've kind of like blended stuff together. They've made it so that it's using the Resi 7 engine. That's cool. Good. Is so one of the reasons why the remake then, yeah? Sorry, yeah, the Resi 2 remake, yeah. Yeah. That's going to be decent though. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Like, from, watch a couple of. I'll send you um some a YouTube video or something to watch, like the prepare to try one, and it yeah, just it yeah. just looks absolutely terrifying and insane. You can like, so you get knives in it as per any Resident Evil game, but. They've made it so knives are really useful, so you can like hack off someone's arm, leg, and whatever you want. Like, or just you can hack. So where you hit them with a knife, that's where it will hack off. So you won't just hit them in the arm and their whole arm will fall off. Every like pixel is like interlocked into the tendons, that's almost. Yeah. So it, it's it's really brutal and really hardcore, but it looks it just looks absolutely top notch. Like here's here's a question as well. Will the Resi 2 remake have any VR components? Because I know that Resi 7, with its VR release, was probably one of the best-selling PSVR titles to date. It's probably the best VR game I would yeah. have played. Yeah. So I'd be surprised if there's no element in the Resi 2 remake, just to sort of cash in on that. There's a I big like, in PSVR horror. going to be a VR like, update or like DLC like, mm. a couple of months later on, but I don't think for release. Well, about all, the actual, all the actual development they'd have to do... Capcom have, have, actually, have turned VR, around right? and said, um, don't expect VR mode for Resident Evil 2. Oh, okay. That's a shame. Um, only because, and this is probably the, the main key thing, Resident Evil 2 is played in third person. Yeah. True. Uh, not first person, so that kind of that hinders yeah, that you way. straight off the bat. Mm. Yeah, but they could do like an Evil Within thing where they can make a, make a first person mode or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did it with um, Red Dead. They just built in a first person mode yeah. as well. So, yeah. 
see why not. The reason why Resident Evil 2 looks so good is just because the reason why Res- like the original remake is so like you know universally recognized as the best remake ever made. It's because they're not just like remaking it from the ground up. They're changing stuff around drastically. So if you're like like my brother is like Resident Evil 2 is his favorite Resident Evil of all time. So yeah, me too. If you, yeah, if you show him a trailer of like Resident Evil 2, uh, the, the remake, he's gonna be like, "Oh, this is that room, but this thing is different here, and yeah. that's not where that's supposed to be." So even he's like, "Oh my God, what the fuck are they gonna do? Like, I'm gonna have to like figure out the entire game again." And I'm like, "Isn't that great? Like, yeah, it's yeah. so cool." Yeah, that makes me that makes me unbelievably hyped. I can't wait. Yeah, same. I, I just, I honestly, I'm going to be deep in the, that Resident Evil game. <laughs> um, so, I'm going to blend these last couple bits in a little bit. Firstly, Just Cause 4, it's a simple question. Does anyone even care anymore? No. Like, it's, it's pretty unanimously across the board. Like, we've got we've got things like GTA 5, we've got Spider-Man. We don't need Just Cause anymore. It needs, Wait, I think it's... It Hmm? Yeah, yeah, man, it's out. That's exactly the that's, 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 Yeah, that's my point. I, I stopped caring the moment I saw a bus advert that only had "This game is awesome, Jacksepticeye" on the side of the bus. Uh, yeah. That's the moment I knew. Yeah, okay, just cause it's garbage. Yeah, I'm not really a Just Cause fan anyway, but I played three because it was free. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though it was three, I played for a maximum of an hour. Yeah. And I was like, I just, a bit like Saints Row, it's just a bit too silly for me. Like, I know GTA is silly, but at least there are serious elements. The game thing is, at least, like... at least with Saints Row, it had the good gameplay to back it up. Yeah. Yeah. But... The thing with GTA as well, though, is that you can create your own silliness. Whereas Just Cause, it's very much, you have to be stupid with the chaos. You have yeah. to be abstract. You have to think outside the box. There's no, like, there's no default sort of, okay, I'm going to play this semi-realistically, I'm going to drive all the cars, I'm going to, you know, get my guns normally, all that sort of stuff. Nah, hell no. You have to get your grappling hook. You have to tow that massive oil. Yeah, absolutely. Over, and you have to paraglide off the side of a mountain whilst the explosion happens in the background going, hell yeah, motherfuckers, and then just crash into the floor. <laughs> That's just cause. Pretty much. I mean, if you want to play just cause 4, play just cause 3. Yeah. Yeah, or, or what was it Joe said the other day? Just Cause 4 is Just Cause 3.5. Yeah, exactly. Just Cause 2.8. Yeah. All the same shit. <laughs> I mean, you could say the same for a lot of games, but it definitely is like, right, let's just put it in a different situation. Oh, this time we've got tornadoes. It's like it's like the shark fucking Sharknado films. Oh, yeah. it's sharks, but this time they're in an avalanche. Yeah. Rob <laughs> <laughs> distance. This time it's Sharknado on ice. <laughs> oh, dear. So, let's, let's, we'll finish it up with something nice and, and Christmassy because we say we'll be back in two weeks, but we'll probably all be hungover and, and Christmassy because uh, it will literally be the 27th. Um, so there's not a chance that we'll be back within two weeks. We will be back soon, but we will be back does soon. anyone have anything on their Christmas lists, game or nerdy-wise or anything, that they really want? Hmm. Um, just quickly, got to uh, uh, just plug something here. Yeah, we did recently do a really, really well. Joe, to be honest, did a really great article, uh, just about you know if what you want to buy your fellow nerd, you know your lovely nerd at home, you haven't got you haven't got them all their gifts, you want to get them a stocking present, or 
you know, you want to spend all your life savings on them, just check out our the Respawning Christmas Wishlist. It's the definitive uh, Christmas guide. You will need to go nowhere else. And if Anyways. you do, if you do go there, <laughs> then um, and you buy something from the Arkle, we do get a cut from Amazon, which means we can carry on chatting shit in your ears. Hey, so <laughs> it's a win-win it's nice situation. Well, we're okay. It's all nice and organised into four different tiers as well for any price point from one pound <laughs> up to up to over sixty, up towards one hundred and twenty. I think the most expensive thing on there is like three hundred and seventy-five quid. But is that a Nintendo Switch by any chance? No, I think that's an Xbox One X. I think so. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. Christmas. If you're not gonna buy that, at least appreciate the the Photoshop job I did for that thumbnail. Because... <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was amazing. It is incredible. Um, so my wish list, and I don't know if I'm getting one, is Switch. I I didn't want a Switch. I I was. I know you got you, know, you guys know me. You know, in the last year, I've kind of done an about turn. Um, I feel like a bit like Luke, really. Like. Originally, I was like, no, like PlayStation's all. Oh, plus, I got the VR, so I'm like, yeah. I've got two kind of consoles. I don't need a third one. Um, and then, like, Let's Go came out, and and it was like on top of Zelda and Marvel. Uh, Mario, and Marvel's coming out, and it's just like more. They're getting more and more games to like. And originally, there was two games that I want to play. I could say there are easily six, seven games I get on release day, um, and for me, that's worth having a console. Yeah. Plus, you know they're going to keep adding stuff. And if there's like some sort of Marvel exclusive rights, and I am this like the biggest perverted. Marvel fanboy, I can't not play those games. So for me, my main thing is if I don't get a Switch, I'm going to get it at January sales, without a doubt. Let's put it this way. My Switch catalogue of physical games is nearly double the size of my Wii U collection. Well, already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm with Hav on this. Like The Switch is top of my Christmas list. Um, I do know I already have one. Uh, I'm just not allowed it until Christmas slash my birthday. <laughs> um, but that is top of my list because I, I, I remember there was a respawning specific Nintendo Switch Facebook chat group, which <laughs> I made you guys go into because I was fucking sick of hearing about the Switch. And I went in, I got into it one day because I was like, Joe, I want to talk about the Switch. And all <laughs> I put in all capital letters was Nintendo Switch is for children. And then I left the group. <laughs> and um yeah now i'm like really hyped to get my hands on one i really can't wait i just i, I i'm so hyped for it if they really and if they release spider-man again ever or any kind of spider-man on the switch now that marvel seems to be doing some switch exclusive stuff yeah. i will i will oh i could leave my house good i could literally go to the pub with it yeah that's me <laughs> i could play it at work you know i could play it on the bus i could play it at work that's what i love like at the moment i'm playing an emulator Imagine playing the bloody proper, proper Pokemon Yeah. Like, you can play it on the shitter. So, uh, there's a lot of sell, and I don't know, like I said, uh, it's, it's turned me around massively. Yeah, same. Joe, what about you? What are you hoping for for Christmas? I know you've already oh, got you know your I mean? VR for Christmas. I've already got PSVR. Um, in terms of Christmas list, uh, lots of lovely, lovely numbskull merch. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I kid, I kid, I kid. Um, Ryan, if you listen to this, I love you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, I don't know really. I'm, I'm kind of hoping for a PS4 Pro, as I uh, unfortunately missed out on a couple of the uh, the Black Friday deals. But uh, really hoping for something like that, um, sort of upgrade my experience because my my poor old launch PS4 is finally on its last legs, dying unfortunately. Um, other than that. 
Um, I don't quite know. Maybe uh, let's go Pikachu. Uh, I've already got Smash Bros, so not that. Um, I don't know, just more awesome Switch games. Brilliant. I know what Simon wants for Christmas. He wants a Capcom announcement that Devil May Cry 5 is going to come out early. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, wait, let me, let me, um, let me think. I want a pony. And <laughs> and... Okay, no, but for real though, I have I just want more stuff for my Switch. I, I know this is a very Switch-oriented Christmas wish list thing going on right now, but... Um, the Switch is the Switch, hype now. The Switch is super hype. And is super hype. Especially, for, especially for degenerates like me, who love like disgusting anime games on their on their handhelds, just like the Vita. Um, I want this. I want a couple games. I want um, the missing JJ Macfield, which is a a sweary game. If you know about Sweary sixty four, who uh, yeah. made Deadly Premonition, and um, this other really cool JRPG called Deathmark, which is um, I don't know. It's just like a horror themed JRPG. It looks really sick, and I just want that. I've but seen a few than... things about Deathmark. I'm pretty hyped for it. Like it it's, looks, it's, it looks really cool. Yeah, I just want to. I just need to save up money for it. But other than that, um, I need new Joy Cons because mine are busted. Because um, let let me let me break it down for you boys. The Switch isn't all that good. The fucking <laughs> are a travesty at times because mine are really fucked up for no reason. I take very good care of my Switch, so at one point the right analog stick started drifting. And what I had to do is I had to buy a can of compressed air to blow like weird gunk out that accumulated. But was it semen? It's all uh, them anime games. It was semen, <laughs> wasn't it? We keep, we do keep uh, sending them like hentai games. We don't like weird gunk. Was you? Oh no! But, <laughs> don't kick shame him. But um, yeah, so that fixed it for a bit, and then just after a while, like I tried doing it again because it came up again, and. Yeah, no, it doesn't fix it, so I'm stuck with fucked up Joy-Cons until I get new ones, so that's number one on my Christmas list. Excellent. Uh, I, I, I can't believe how much of a, like, Nintendo Switch fan club this suddenly became. But <laughs> well, don't get one that's going to be, like, it's going to be horrifying. You're going to be, ter- you're going to be absolutely distraught. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, I buy one in January if I don't get one for this, yeah, so. do it. Um, the other thing I want to get away from Switch and all that, it, I do want to get Assassin's Creed, so... Um, I probably will borrow it from Luke at some point, but <laughs> yeah. if I got it for Christmas, I wouldn't be upset. Uh, it's so good, man. You're going to love it. Yeah, I love it. I, I'm a, I, think, I think I've played all of them apart from um, the one that was about the Templars. Yeah. Oh, Rogue's, um, Rogue's my favorite. My second yeah, favorite. So, yeah, so like, I, I do really love it, so that's definitely something I would, I would love to get. From yeah. Christmas. Oh, amazing. Right, I have got to go. Um Ooh. But it's been a, a fantastic second first episode of the Respawning Podcast. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll be back in a, in a few weeks. We'll have Christmas, get that over and done with, and we'll be back. Hopefully so, not for the third first episode. <laughs> hopefully not the third first episode in about six or seven months' time. Um, but yeah, we should be we should kick off again soon. Peace. Cool. Yeah. Like and subscribe, yo. Bye-bye.